Hello and welcome to your second episode of the week for the audio accompaniment to G5 Football Daily on Sports Illustrated Media Group's Fan Nation Network. Joe Lonergan here with you as always, dedicating an entire episode this week to Army's move to the American Athletic Conference as a football-only member. And what that means, why it's happening, and some other notes from Army Athletic Director uh, Mike Buddy who was on a Zoom call with myself and some other members of the media on Thursday to talk through some of the main points that uh, we're going to go over today. But uh, first, go ahead and remind you all that uh, we have some other fun episodes. If you haven't listened yet, go back and check those out. We talked to Kellen Moore, Los Angeles Chargers offensive coordinator, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and last week, we talked to Robert Turbin of CBS Sports, as well as uh, of Utah State Athletics fame former running back there, Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks. Check out those conversations. And we also did an episode earlier this week, myself and Eric Henry of 247 Sports, where we previewed the slate of games coming up in Week 9. So if you're not caught up yet, get caught up. (laughs) Anyway, so the big news this week. Army joining the American Athletic Conference as a football-only member starting in 2024 couple of main points to know here. This isn't Army's first time in a conference. Uh, they were a member of Conference USA from 1998 to 2004. I think Army fans will remember that time as uh, one that wasn't particularly great. Obviously, no winning seasons uh, during that time for them. Never won more than three games as a member of Conference USA, you might remember. Uh, from those of you that were around for that and infamously had that 0-13 season in 2003 under uh, Todd Berry and John Mumford. But one of the things that Buddy hit on in his uh, chat with us this week was he's not necessarily worried about this being a repeat of those years, mainly because Army football has grown so significantly in the 20 years since, in terms of facilities, in terms of, you know, culture, donor buy-in, all these things. And namely, the big thing that he mentioned was Jeff Monken and how competitive Army football is now in terms of resources, culture, uh, facilities, recruiting uh, ability, all these things, when you compare it to the rest of the AAC. So I think that was one thing that he wanted to make sure that he addressed as far as a concern from, uh, you know, Army fans, donors, that sort of thing. And I see where he's coming from. When you look at what the AAC is now, especially now that UCF, Houston, Cincinnati are not members of the conference anymore. They've, of course, moved on to the Big 12. Let's face it, the AAC is a little more diluted, which kind of opens the door for Army to... Maybe not this year, let's be honest. They're 2-5 and five as of this recording. But moving forward, certainly have a better shot than they would have um, if they had made this move earlier or if they joined a league like, uh, let's say, you know, the Sun Belt right now, who has a team like James Madison who's playing phenomenally. And while the AAC was the league that Army ultimately ended up going with, Buddy hinted that there's been informal conversations with A lot of different people around the group of five, namely conference commissioners and fellow athletic directors, just to basically keep tabs on the space to see, you know, what could be done if 
an opportunity like this ever arose. And mainly, the big thing now, as far as why this is happening in 2023 and not earlier or later, is the college football playoff, basically. When you look at what's happening to that model in 2024 with the expansion of 12 teams and one of those spots guaranteed to go to the highest ranked conference champion from the group of five, honestly, the AAC has been uh, the top ranked group of five team um, in many instances over the last several years. Obviously, Cincinnati, when they made the playoff to Lane last year when they beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. So in the eyes of a lot of these guys, um, as far as Army's leadership goes, if you get to a point where you're competitive to win the AAC, that puts you in a chance where, theoretically, you're competing for a national championship, right? It's not like, <laughs> you know, I don't think these teams have the, you know, pie-in-the-sky dream that just because they're joining the AAC, they're all of a sudden going to be competitive with teams from uh, the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, etc. But it at least gets their foot in the door, and at least in terms of exposure and revenue. That's the big thing. Buddy didn't want to go into a ton of specifics, but the financial benefit from this is uh, substantial in his own words. And it's going to be substantial um, on day one. And, you know, while the, you know, there's no reason for them to go to, or to go outside, rather, the, the Patriot League or any of the other leagues that they're a member of for sports outside of football, the revenue from this move for football is certainly going to trickle down to the rest of West Point Athletics. So something to keep an eye on there. Some other important notes from this move for Army on the media side, CBS is going to continue to be the broadcast partner for home games for Army as they move into the American Athletic Conference. And then when they play AAC opponents on the road, it's going to revert to ESPN, which is the official media partner, uh, which has the, the media rights, I should say, for the AAC. And then, of course, you're still going to see CBS carry the Army-Navy game, which that's a, another big point that is important to note about this whole new agreement, right? Army-Navy game still going to be played annually as a non-conference game on the second weekend in December. And you might be asking, like, why are they doing that? Because Navy is also a football-only member of the AAC. Basically... Both those schools want to continue to play that game on the second weekend of December, both from a, a television rating standpoint and, you know, just the whole package of, of, you know, them being the only game on that weekend. And it's just become, you know, it's, it's become bigger than a lot of things. It's one of the biggest rivalries in football ever. So I did ask a buddy about that you know, specifically. And here's what you had to say. Mike, for, for those that aren't, uh, you know, as familiar with the army Navy rivalry, including myself, why was it so important to keep that game a non-conference uh, matchup specifically? Well, you know, we call it America's game um, because it, it, we, we hope that it transcends college football. Um, you're going to watch 170 young men 
who who don't get paid name, image, and likeness. Um, we don't raid the transfer portal to strengthen our rosters. Uh, we, we both do it by recruiting young men who want to serve their country, who want to be officers in the military, who are committed to to serving and defending the Constitution for five years upon graduation. And so it's just it's it's different. And um, I had never been to the game uh, before I took this job, Joe. So it was kind of a uh, I've learned uh, on the fly as well. But but it's just a special thing. And so. Uh, again, Commissioner Oresco, who ironically used to work for CBS on the Army Navy property, completely grasped that the the the, the uniqueness of that. Um, and and it's less about never having it be a conference game, but it's always going to be on that date, the second date in the second Saturday in December. And in fairness to the other twelve schools in the American, we we can't just we can't ask them to wait for us to play that game and. And, and name a champion because, you know, the, the regular season will have completed, the championship game will have be completed. And so it just made more sense to completely carve it out. We'll play eight other teams every year. Navy will play eight other teams and we'll just play each other in that, that war that we have every uh, December and continue to protect it and uh, have all eyes of the country on, on those young men who are doing their best to, to represent their country honorably. The super interesting thing about that arrangement, too, is if Army and Navy, you know, end up as the two top teams in the conference at the you know end of the regular season, then the opportunity for them to play in the AAC championship game still exists. And then they would play each other again in that reserve slot in the second weekend of December. So if you love seeing those two teams play each other... Congratulations. I also asked Buddy about something that he said kind of towards the the top of the press conference, which was the input of the student-athletes on this decision. And basically, Buddy met with 19 of the players that were that are part of you know this pre-existing leadership council that Coach Monken has within the program. And they basically indicated that the benefits of playing in a conference are something that would significantly add to the value of their experience as a student athlete at West Point, which I thought was interesting. I, I like that the players did get input on this personally. Um, but, you know, among other things, being able to compete for a conference championship and be named to all conference teams and, you know, be able to get the, the 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 benefits of playing in that league, namely just for the recognition. Ultimately, these players are not at a place like West Point because sports is the end-all, be-all for them, right? But if you can still give them the best possible experience at, that's at least somewhat comparable to a place that you would go if sports was your end-all, be-all. Not going to name names, but like that's a huge plus, at least from the student-athlete perspective. But anyway, I asked Buddy to just talk a little bit more about what those conversations with that, with that leadership council was like, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, it was really, actually, uh, it was pretty cool to get to, to do it. Um, you know, news had kind of broken, right? I mean, you, you all in the media do a wonderful job. And, you know, some of the national, you know, the Pete Thamels in the world had kind of broken the news that, hey, American has 
targeted army. Uh, and I know our kids have cell phones, right? So uh, it's easy for, for, for dudes like me who wear a coat and tie and, you know, have gray hair and, you know, sit up here in our, our fancy mahogany offices uh, to make these decisions. And to me, that's kind of BS, right? Because I, I'm not I'm not running into 290-pound offensive linemen, and I'm not blocking people, and I'm not getting concussions and breaking my bones. And and I just said, hey, I'm going to talk to the guys who are actually going to have to cash the check that we theoretically might be writing. And uh, and coach, you know, it, it's 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 four or five kids from the freshman class, four or five more from the sophomores, the juniors, and the seniors. And they walked in, and, and I said, hey, I'm here. Here's the situation. Here's here's what's been offered. Here's what that means for you. I took our 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 scheduled games for the next five years. And then I created a fake schedule for the next five years and just plugged in eight American Athletic Conference opponents. And I said, I passed them out and I said, hey, look at look at the schedules on the top row and look at the schedules on the bottom row. That's the difference in what we're talking about. I let them kind of digest it for 10 minutes. And they said, Mr. Buddy, what are we missing? If we get to play this other schedule and we win, we get to play for conference championship. And we get to go to like nine different potential bowl games instead of the the two that we currently have. Um, and they just asked a bunch of good questions. They asked Coach Munkin, what will this do to recruiting? Um, you know, what kind of impact will this have on our travel? Will this will this have us miss more class or miss less class? It's just very mature, thoughtful approach that they had. And after about 30 minutes, they said, Does you know, they looked at each other and said, is, does anybody think this is not a no-brainer? And and they all said, if you can make it happen, Mr. Buddy, we'd love you. We'd love to get the opportunity. And that certainly helped. We still had a lot of due diligence to do. We still had a lot of legal hurdles. But but having those young men who are again who are going to be making the the plays on the field to have them unanimously in support of it, um, and Coach Munkin uh, supporting it made it a lot easier to get the yes. Some other notes from. Buddy's conversation with the media. From a finance perspective, upon entering the conference, Army isn't going to receive that full revenue share that the other members would receive from, you know, things like the media deal, that sort of thing. <clears throat> However, it's going to go up a little bit until 2032 when they will get that full share. So, based on that, sure seems like West Point is uh, making this long-term commitment to the AAC. Also on the financial side, it is going to cost Army a little bit of money from essentially what they need to do to get out of what they've already committed to scheduling-wise for the next, you know, couple of years on the football side. However, it will be offset by the financial gain they're going to get from joining the conference. And also, Buddy noted that had, you know, were they in a position where the other parties involved in these deals, namely other schools, that sort of thing, were to essentially ask for, you know, financial restitution for Army backing out of these deals, then that would be a problem. However, basically, of all of those commitments that Army is, you know, locked into, so to speak, They've already been able to get out of like half of them with no financial penalty since this process started, which is huge. And they 
anticipate that being uh, the case uh, moving forward for most of them, most of those commitments. Something else that Buddy was asked during this call was what he thought Army football was actually adding to the American Athletic Conference by becoming a football-only member. And I thought his, his answer was particularly interesting, namely because I think he kind of begins to talk about you know, some of the other motivations that I think the school has in terms of media exposure and the markets that they get to play in front of and that sort of thing. So here's what he had to say there. Well, we, we, we hope to bring a, a new fan base, right? What I love about the American is they've got five institutions that are in top 25 media markets. And so our kids are going to get to go and play in Philadelphia and Tampa and Charlotte and, you know, some of these very highly populated places, also very patriotic places. Um, and so, you know, we get to stay in Texas with three current schools, you know, go, going to Alabama, Birmingham, um, and just like any places we go now, right? Louisiana Monroe had a phenomenal following of Army fans because of it's a, it's a very patriotic state, a lot of Army bases down there. Um, so we think that we'll help sell tickets for our, uh, our opposing teams. Um, and then, you know, we just want to bring a, a competitive brand of football. You know, our intention is not to go and finish in the top half. I mean, we want to we want to be competitive. We want to compete for championships from day one. And so uh, certainly some eyeballs uh, from a local perspective. Um, and then hopefully our success raises the uh, entire profile of the league as well. Something else I think is important to think about here is Mockin himself and his approach to this move to the American Conference. He said on his radio show this week that he doesn't anticipate a significant change in recruiting now that they're going to the American. And I think for the most part, he's very much right. At the end of the day, you don't go to a place like West Point because you want to play against specific people other than Navy, obviously. More specifically, you don't go to army for you know the glory of being you know this incredible athlete you go because being in the military is something that's important to you that being said i think what is ultimately gonna i think it is going to affect them a little bit and then it's just going to push them over the edge for some of these recruits especially now that they have this drew thatcher offense in place. They're still figuring things out, but think about guys like Bryson Daly, right? He's a fantastic athlete, but if he had actually been recruited to play in this kind of system, or if they had actually gone after someone, you know, who was, you know, experienced, you know, had, had the playing background suited to this kind of offense, who knows if that could have elevated them a little more? Would they be better than two and five right now? Who knows? But I think that's certainly something that's going to be important to note moving forward. Monken's also said a bunch of times before how much he values being an FBS independent and what that enables them to do in terms of where they get to go and how they get to build their schedule and that sort of thing. And, you know, ultimately, I see where he's coming from there, too, because... I know they want to make, from a scheduling standpoint, I know they want to make scheduling like one P5 game a year a priority for the football program. And it's 
you know, which makes complete fiscal sense. And like them being in a conference isn't going to deter those Power Five programs from scheduling them. But, you know, ultimately, <laughs> now that they have those schedule obligations in the AAC, they can't schedule like two in one year, so to speak. But I think one thing that's, but I, in my opinion anyway, one benefit of this is I think this AAC scheduling model is ultimately going to put them in a position where they can't end up in a position like they did last season and could potentially this season too, where they have two FCS wins, which doesn't really help you if you're right on the borderline for bowl eligibility, right? You can only have one counting toward your win count for that purpose. So if they have eight games in the AAC, then, you know, theoretically you have the, and then, uh, you know, you have the non-con game against Navy, and then you have one P5, one FCS, and one G5. That's a pretty healthy schedule from a competition standpoint and from the standpoint of making that money. You know, it's not just the college football playoff that will be the extent of the, the postseason opportunities available to Army by joining the AAC. Right now, they're only affiliated with two bowls. But moving forward as AAC members, they'll have access to all the bowls that have affiliation with the conference as well. And that's just one other thing that those players would get as a benefit of this move. This year, however, Army's got a significant uphill battle to make the postseason. Two and five, I got UMass this weekend, Air Force after that. It's an unenviable position <laughs> for Jeff Mockin and company. But, you know, you got to play the long game, I suppose. That's going to just about do it for us this week. If you're not already checking out G5 Football Daily on the reg, I would love if you do that. Got coverage of all the service academies as well as the entire group of five on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Network. We try to do two of these podcasts a week. I'm usually joined by uh, a guest of some type uh, this week, you know, traveling. And uh, we did have the conversation with uh, Mike Buddy. So just wanted to make sure that uh, you guys heard the important bits of that. The other, uh, the other thing that's interesting about this, you know, marriage between the AAC and Army and all end the show on this. Neither party was really desperate for the other one to accept them, if that made sense. Army didn't necessarily need the AAC, and the AAC doesn't necessarily need Army. But in the end, if you have two independent parties who find value in one another's company, isn't that the perfect marriage? <laughs> I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I think it's going to work out for Army in one way or another in the end. If you want to follow uh, me on social media, I'm at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore. Uh, and then if you Google G5 Football Daily, you'll uh, find the website. You'll find the podcast. Uh, you've already found the podcast somehow, clearly. So good for you. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week with more G5 football content. 
news, analysis, anything we can get our hands on. Uh, this week, I am at Battle of the Bricks in Athens, Ohio to cover the uh, Bobcats and the Red Hawks. The uh, Miami boys are in town. Sands, Brett Gabbard, unfortunately, but should still be a great game. If you're around, come say hi. And then who knows where I'll be after that. But it'll be fun either way. Happy football watching, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.